It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. Maybe, ma. Anything's possible. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Belly. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. I'm John Corrales. I'm hosting this shindig. Joining me today is my partner on the beat at MassLive.com, Tom Westerholm. How's it going, Tom? It is going pretty well. Uh, we were just talking about how dead we both are, uh, but other than that, we're uh, I'm crushing it here. Yeah, we've we've gone from like nothing is going on to oh my god, we got to write ten things a day. And I've got to do this podcast by myself and try to figure this thing out. And we, we both got like all this crazy stuff going on. So it's a, it's a bit of a shock to the system, but we're here. We're talking about media day and, uh, the first couple of practices. Uh, we'll get to Romeo Langford. Tom spoke to Romeo Langford. We got a little bit of Gordon Hayward, uh, get a little first impressions of him being back, but, uh, we'll just start with our overall impressions of the Celtics so far. And I think one of the big things, uh, with the Celtics, uh, in, as we start the, the week of practices leading up to the first summer, uh, I want to say summer league game, the first, uh, preseason, pre-season. game. <laughs> okay. You turn that brain on. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm struck by just how much this team is turning the page how there is almost nothing to take from last year other than we're not going to do that thing that we did last <laughs> year anymore like it yeah. just it, the, the general feeling that i'm getting and you know you, i've said it on the podcast the first couple of days the the whole fresh start thing like it, it's kind of strong that that scent of fresh start is really really overpowering over the first couple of days yeah i would agree with that and i would add to it that that doesn't necessarily mean that this year's team is going to be like wildly successful where last year's team oh you no know, wasn't i just think I, I think you're but i think you're exactly right that for like good or bad or for like you know however this comes down this team is just like all right let's, let's just let's just kick everything that happened last year out the window and let's just do everything we can like if we don't talk about it um, you know, maybe, uh, may- maybe everybody will pretend that it didn't happen. And like, for the most <laughs> part, that kind of has happened, right? Like, you know, us in the media, it's like, all right, like we, we were as sick of talking about and writing about last year's debacle as these guys were sick of talking about it. So like, I think for the most part, most of us are just like, all right, yeah, cool. Like, let's, uh, let's talk about what's going to happen this year instead of what happened last year. It is, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's when they talk about a fresh start, it's, I think it's kind of refreshing for us as well. Absolutely. Uh, but that does make this week a little bit weird. 
I think. It really does. Uh, because there's nothing to draw from last year. Like, this has been, instead of this long kind of journey that teams are always on, like, oh, last year we did this and we've had these changes and we're going the, down this path. It's very much of that was then, this is now, we're, we're drawing a hard line between the two. No one wants to talk about it. Uh, even, even in this first week though, you, you, you kind of still have to bring it up because I've said this a couple of times in the podcast, but by myself. So I want to get your reaction to it. I feel like they're saying more about last season by not talking about it and by, by, talking about this season as such a fresh start. Like I think they've said more in the past three days by saying fresh start this and moving forward that and, and, and everything that Brad has said, I feel like that that in itself has been like the admission that last year was so bad and not that they played poorly or the team was bad, but the, the taste in the mouth, it was so bad that you're just like, this this is new. This is fresh. We're moving on. It's it really is like a bad relationship where you just do not want to think about the ex, and you just want to move forward and be like, look, I'm single, or we're in this new relationship, and we're just kind of th- just doing this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I think too, it's it's one of those things where it's like the I almost kind of think it's one of those relationships with an ex where it's like it didn't end badly, but you just don't really want to talk about it, and you just don't want it. Like, that's just, it's over, it's gone, forget about it. Like, I honestly don't know how much animus people hold for Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't know that it's that much. I kind right, of think right. that, that there it's more just a matter of, like, okay, like, I'm really glad that we're putting this, um, you know, sort of this chapter in, in like, you know, the, the team's history, you know, in, in the rear view. I, I kind of think that that's more the reaction than, like, I hate that guy. I never want to hear that guy's name again. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of think it's, it's a little bit more of the former um, than the latter, at least, um, you know, at least with, with some of the guys, I would assume there's, you know, I would assume that the opinions sort of run the gamut a little bit. Sure. But yeah, but I think that's I think that's a good read on it. Honestly, I, I think that, you know, <laughs> if Brad came out on the first day and was just immediately like, Listen, you know, like we appreciate everything Kyrie did in Boston. You know, he was a <laughs> he was a great ambassador for the game. Like whatever, you know, whatever else that that somebody might say in that situation. Then, right, you know, yeah, then we'd be like, okay, you know, it it you know, last year is they're a little disappointed, but they're not like crushed by it, or they're not you know just kind of stewing about it. But you know, I think that's I, I think that's a good observation. I I do think that there probably is a certain amount of just like you know. They, like it, it does kind of. It just sucks for them to talk about, and, and <laughs> yeah. they don't want to. They don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I think. I think that's probably exactly right. And it's not just Kyrie. It's it was, right. Yeah, it, it, and it, it comes off as just Kyrie, but like it's Gordon with his injury. Like he's yep. done yep. talking about that. You know, the the stuff in the locker room wasn't just Kyrie. You know, we talk about Terry. We just talk about Jalen and Jason and and how they thought about things. Like. They are part of this too, and, and they're mm-hmm. learning and they're moving forward, and they are striking different tones. I think, uh, just just in themselves, nothing big, nothing like, oh wow, this is a, a switch. But like, they're both just kind of. I think it's part of their evolution. But part of what makes it weird is there's nothing for us to to draw on. Like, yeah, question wise, like it's it's. I feel 
and I haven't been doing this particular job for very long, but like without that history that to draw on, there's where basketball is back, but like it's kind of like we don't know what to ask about because we're just like, oh, how was practice? How do these guys yeah. look? And it's not like, well, we saw this and this and this happened last year. How do you plan to integrate? Yeah, and it's canter into that. It's totally different because new point guard, new this, new that, new attitude. But it's like, yeah. Can't ask how to integrate Ennis Cantor into what you did last year because you're not doing that again. So basketball is back and we're all excited, but like I think we're still in this like holding pattern, like a plane, like we're ready to land this sucker. And it's like, nope, we got weather. We're gonna have to circle the airport for a week until basketball happens on Sunday, and then we can like <laughs> start talking about what we see with this team, uh, unless they they show us a scrimmage or something, and we can talk about some of the things that we see at practice. But we don't get to see any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know we're going to get into Romeo later, but I mean, it's been funny to just watch all the like, just people are analyzing his oh, man. like post-practice shooting, like down to the absolute, like, like, you know, position, like how far his pointer finger is from his middle <laughs> finger. Like it is, it is just over the top analysis on, on stuff that, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it, it does, it's not even going to translate. Like it, it's, you know, it, it's such, everybody's so basketball starved right now. And yeah, like this year's team is really hard to analyze because last year's best player is gone. This year's best player could literally be any of like four or five guys. You know, the, the entire, like the defense is going to look so much different. The offense is, you know, honestly, the offense is going to look a lot different too, because there's just going to be less ISO ball. Like it's, it's going to be a really interesting, um, it's going to be a really interesting preseason, which is not something you can usually say. And I'm not even sure that like the preseason is going to be interesting because it's going to tell us things. It's just going to give us something to talk about. Right. I mean, like media day. Okay. Just like to go behind the curtain a little bit. Media day is always really awkward because what happens is there's a big room full of reporters and TV cameras and they bring each player out in front, like to like a table and they sit in front, like a press conference. And you know, these players are in there their jerseys and their shorts for some reason like they're they haven't been playing they've just been taking photos and for some reason they assume that we need to see them in their jerseys too (laughs) so um and and when they bring the players out it's just this really awkward sort of like who's gonna ask the first question like like hey brad wanamaker (laughs) how was your summer like it's just this really awkward moment and i feel like it's been that a lot during this preseason because we, like, again, like you were saying, we don't know what to ask. Like there's only so many times you can say to Brad, like, what did you guys work on in practice today? And you can hear it in Brad's voice. He's starting to get sick of it. He's being like, same thing I same said thing. yesterday. Like, same thing. And, and then he's nice enough, you know, at this point in his career that he's that, that he'll then like, you know, extrapolate on that a little bit. He'll be like, okay, like same thing I said yesterday. And then he'll kind of repeat what he said yesterday sure. too. Um, which, you know, shout out to Brad for, for being a little understanding there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it is a bizarre circumstance where we spent this entire summer analyzing everything and now we're in camp and there's really nothing left to say, even though we finally have the chance to talk to actual uh, players and coaches about it. Right. And, and 
exacerbating things is some of these people that we're talking to. We, we started to see a few of them over the summer and we've already asked them some of these questions. So there's like, literally nothing else that we could ever possibly, possibly ask Taco Fall. I mean, seriously, <laughs> but he's out there. Um, and like even Gordon, we had Gordon had two yeah. or three events. We got the whole summer workout thing and you know, he comes out and he has to say, we'll talk about him in the next segment, but just to tie it up, like there's so much that's going to be different than last year. Gordon is going to be a much different player. Jason Tatum is going to be a much different player. Jalen Brown coming back is going to be asked to play a different type of role. And until we see these guys do that, we don't know how it's going to go. And then we did, we, we ask questions based on what happened. And right. unless, unless we go like, so how was it guarding whomever? Like you, do you ask Jalen like, Hey, so who did you guard in practice today? Oh, how, like you don't get down to that. It, it, it's right. just weird. Um, uh, so that's kind of like the feeling. So when, when you're reading our stuff on MassLive.com, and it, it's not really meaty stuff yet. It's fun stuff. And it's a little bit of this, like, the, the Gordon Hayward, he's back. That's interesting, but we don't know that for sure. We're just taking a couple of people's word for it at this point. Exactly. And so a lot of stuff, it's going to be overwhelmingly positive because no one's going to say anything negative. And there's nothing that we can say negative. We just got to take the positive words that people are saying, kind of regurgitate and try to make it interesting. Like, I can't write anything negative right now until I see somebody do something bad on the floor and ask the questions like, hey, why did that happen? So... That's why the coverage is what it is, at least for the first week. So basketball comes back on Sunday. Terry Rozier comes back on Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> and it's it's going to be our first chance to see Gordon Hayward. We're going to take a break here, and we'll see. We heard Ennis Cantor say he's 100% back. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. 
You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In two weeks, it'll be two years exactly from when Gordon Hayward broke his ankle. Um, it's such a horrific injury. And when you compare it, there's nothing really to compare it to, but some of those horrific season-ending types of injuries, everybody wants to compare it to the Paul George thing. It's taken these guys a couple years to get back. This is, we've heard about the summer, we've heard about the work that he's put in, and the word out of camp right now is that Gordon Hayward, he's back, baby! Uh, (laughs) I will take Ennis Cantor praise with a grain of salt because <laughs> uh, as I wrote in the piece about uh, Taco Fall where he said, Oh, I called him the Senegalese Dirk. Cause he's got that step back fadeaway. Like let's con- let's pump the brakes here, buddy. There's no way that Taco's the Senegalese Dirk just yet. <laughs> Chill. But he did say that Gordon Hayward is going to shock the world. But what struck me was, when I asked Brad specifically about Gordon, he very simply said the investment has been well documented over the summer and you can see it. You can see it. He just one sentence and that repetitive, you can see it. You can see it. I mean, he could be pumping up his guy, but it was a, like he didn't have to do, he didn't have to say it that forcefully. I think there is a little bit of, Excitement there for the return of Gordon Hayward. Jim Calhoun brought it yeah, up. I was just going to say that. Undocumented, yeah. uh, unprompted. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, everybody's talking about him. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and it is stuff that people weren't saying last, you know, like last fall. Like last fall, people were, were kind of talking him up a little bit, but they weren't saying it like as confidently as they are now. Um, I, I would say. And some of that confidence is Ennis Cantor, who's confident enough to, you know, uh, go out there and, uh, be in a WWE match. But <laughs> I, I, but I do think that it is different this year. I mean, it has to be different this year. We all saw him at the end of last year. Like he was playing really well, especially in that Indiana series. Um, you know, you could just, you saw the progress throughout the season. Now he's had a full off season to work on it. I mean, it's you, you were kind of the, like the one really, um, you know, trumpeting the, the fact that he had the extra surgery in the summer that pushed back his timeline really significantly. And I mean, that's, you know, something really, you know, noteworthy that, that really matters. Um, I, I just, I mean, we, it was like we were talking about in the first segment. Like we can't know, like we, we really truly can't know. He could be looking great in these, uh, in these scrimmages and everything. He could look, you know, much, much different in the preseason. Um, we, we don't know, but I think, the, the thing that I'll be kind of interested to watch is sort of the uh, if this is sort of the <laughs> the third first season that Gordon yeah. has with the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like it like he last season, he was just trying to work himself back from the horrific injury. Obviously, the year before that, he actually had the horrific injury. Like, I think this is going to be a real, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he sort of rises to this occasion, because. If, if he is fully healthy, if he's 100% again, he also still has to integrate himself into this system as a fully healthy player. And now as a fully healthy player who is going to be in a completely new role because Kemba Walker is very different from Kyrie Irving. And, you know, I think it's that, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch. But, you know, Gordo, I think he, as he noted at the, at his uh, media day press conference, he's the most veteran, uh, you know, player on the Celtics. He's, he's been in the league the longest at this point. And, uh, you know, 
we'll we'll see if he can figure it out. I I do kind of think that he can, and uh, assuming that he is 100%, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see once the game start, I guess. Isn't it nuts that we're talking about this potential third first season, and yeah. it, it could be his last season? <laughs> it's so wild, man. Like the Celtics are in such a tough situation with Hayward because if he's good, then he's going to opt out, and they're going to have to try to figure out if they want to pay him again. Right. And if he's bad, they're going to have to pay him just like a just a bonkers amount of money right. for next season. Like that's just that's tough, man. Yeah, that's it, the player option for you. That, that, right, right. It's it's what like we could be looking at an Al Horford situation, which you know, and and that really does put the Celtics in a tough situation because as, as we've talked about multiple times with Jalen Brown and there's, there's some repetition there. And I, I still contend that at this moment, I believe until we actually see basketball, I believe that they will be better with one of those guys on the bench. And I don't know how, how that's going to go. And I was having a conversation today with guys, uh, after practice about how this team's going to be constructed. How do you, the, the, the way to keep everybody happy will be to start Kemba, Jalen, Jason, uh, Hayward, and one of the bigs, probably Cantor. But is that really what's going to work best for this team? Again, until this week, until Sunday, we don't know. And we'll, it's going to be interesting to see how Brad uses Gordon Hayward. What's the best use of Gordon Hayward? Is it starting him and then subbing him out four minutes into the game and then bringing him back? I, I don't know, but yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to full game speed against an opponent. It's easy to go through your summer, come into camp, be the most veteran guy, and hit a bunch of shots and play in your scrimmage, knowing that there's going to be a whistle that's going to be blown. There's no really officiating. Guys will, you know, have their thing, but no one's really trying to murder you out there because they're all your teammates. It's going to be great for him and, and a good kind of benchmark to see, even in the preseason, where you try not to put too much stock into things. It's going to be great to see how he fares against players who want to kill him, you know, players yeah. who are fighting for a spot on, on another team. Not only that, but also like, this is going to sound kind of strange, but like, it's gonna, I think it's going to matter when like the stats are counted. You know what I mean? Like, and there's like a little bit of like, there's going to be just that little bit of extra pressure on him where if he, you know, if he starts the season and he, sh you know, if he shoots, I mean, like if he comes out the gate kind of cold and like, let's say he starts the season like four for 22 or something like that from three in like his first two or three games, people are going to start to like talk a little bit. Even, you know, even if it is the preseason, people are going to start to wonder like, and like, I think how he deals with that type of situation, you know, could kind of matter. Like, obviously, I think Gordon is, I think Gordon is like very much like a, you know, a, a team kind of player, like who, who wants the best for his team. But like, also, this season really matters for him. And I, I think that, you know, individually. So I think his individual, you know, performance, not just like how he performs within the, the you know, the construct of the team, but also just, you know, how he performs individually and, and how he uh, sort of how he looks as a, you know, as a, potential free agent at the end of the year i mean that that's gonna really matter for him too so yeah i mean i i agree i think that like the the preseason is gonna matter not only because you know guys are gonna be going at him and if he ever picks up terry i'm sure terry's gonna go right at him but also because <laughs> you know like like he I, I i'm sure he needs to prove himself you know to other people and i think he probably at this point really probably feels like he needs to prove himself to himself too so It'll be uh it'll be a real test for him, and I think the preseason could kind of matter a little bit. Yeah, confidence 
he'll tell you confidence was his one of his biggest issues last mm-hmm, 100%. season. hundred percent. And that is still something that you just have to deal with. And the confidence he says comes from repetition, which he got over the summer. And that's great. And if he's built that confidence in himself, then he goes out there. Can he keep that confidence? If he has one of those slow starts, those slow shooting starts, is he going to slump his shoulders and get down and make mistakes? That's something that is a concern. Uh, I've, Everybody knows I'm pretty high on Gordon Hayward's return. I was high on it last year, and it didn't work out like I thought it would. But it, it's, I believe, something that could change the entire calculus for the Celtics. That Gordon Hayward going back to being a 21, 22-point-a-game guy with all of the other stuff, you know, five points, four assists. I mean, five yeah. rebounds, four assists. Getting to the line six times. Like, all of that stuff changes what the Celtics can really be and yeah you talk about the ceiling for this team you got Kemba who if he maintains his third team borderline third team all NBA and Hayward who goes back to Hayward and if Tatum takes that leap then hold on <laughs> hold yeah. on now this is this is a little bit more dangerous than they were I'm not saying Milwaukee Bucks watch out but I'm just saying like a little bit more you, you might find it becoming the Bucks, Sixers, clear one, two, Celtics, clear three, and yeah. then four through the rest is the battle versus three through the rest being the battle. And and who knows? From there, it's matchups and luck and stuff like that. Totally. And I, and I think that the other thing to consider in that situation is that at that point, you know, the Celtics might have to like kind of look around the league and see like, okay, Gordon's really good right now. We have him, uh, you know. Kemba is really good because he's Kemba. You know, if, if Tatum comes out strong, you know, that if they have that trio, they might have to look to make some kind of a move to, I mean, the, the, the league is kind of wide open this year and they might have to try to make some kind of a move that would make them more competitive in the East just to, you know, kind of see what happens. If he's really good, it's going to, you know, we've talked about this a bunch. If he's good, it's going to do a lot of things, uh, a lot of really interesting things for this team. And, you know, I always go back to that stat where the Celtics were 17 and four with him when he scored 15 points or more. And, yep. you know, it's like, and, th- and those 15 points, I mean, that's, that's just such a simple stat. It, it's not even, was he efficient? It's just like, did he produce some buckets? And like, if he did, they were good. Doesn't matter how efficient he was. If he, if he put up 15 points, you know, they, last year, they wanted a really good clip. And that was with Kyrie and all this other stuff. But, you know, Gordon does really change this team. Good Gordon Hayward makes, you know, it has historically made the Celtics quite good. We'll see if good Gordon Hayward returns. We'll get a good look at him on Sunday, we hope. We'll also maybe get a look at Romeo Langford. Tom had a conversation with Romeo, and we'll talk about that when we come back on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. One of the lost storylines over the summer was Romeo Langford and his jumper and him kind of figuring things out. He did not participate in Summer League. He did not go to any of the summer kind of PR events for the Celtics. He just kind of faded into the background. And when most people were talking about the rookies, 
they didn't really bring him up. He just kind of just was an afterthought. But he is the 14th overall pick, and he is retooling his jump shot. And at practice on Wednesday, Tom, you get a chance to talk to Romeo about retooling the shot and how he's progressing. So why don't you walk us through some of the things that you talked to him about and wrote about on MassLive.com? Yeah. So, I mean, well, the first thing that I asked him about was when in Gordon Hayward's press conference, he um, got a question about Romeo and he got like super awkward. Like he, he looked over at Celtics PR and was like, are we talking about Romeo? I, like what, what have we said about Romeo? What, what's out there about Romeo? And like, you know, poor Jeff Twist, a longtime Celtics PR guy was just like, I, I haven't been told anything. Like he just like, and you can tell that something was going on. So I, I asked Romeo like the first thing when I got over there, what was going on? And he's sounds like he's tweaked his groin a little bit. Um, he said he'd be fine. Um, I, you know, didn't know about like a timetable or anything like that. So, so, you know, I, I, I don't think it's serious. He's out there shooting, every, you know, all the time. And, and basically they said that he's not, he hasn't been in live action, which, you know, it sounds to me like he's probably, you know, whatever else they're doing, he's probably doing some of it. Um, so anyway, we talked a little bit about that and then obviously, yeah, we got into the shot a little bit and, you know, he, he said basically a lot of the same stuff he's, he worked on in summer league is still kind of the stuff that he's working on now. He's, he's trying to get his jumper back to the way it looked in high school. Um, his high school coach this summer, um, told me that he shot 38% from three, you know, in one season as a high school player. Um, which obviously is a high school three point line, but you know, you can kind of extrapolate from that that it's his shot in high school wasn't a completely lost cause. You know, he wasn't like an elite three-point shooter by any means. You know, he wasn't James Harden taking threes off one one leg, but he was, you know, effective enough to, to drag people out there. And, and I mean, that's going to hinge so much of his career because if he gets out there and he shoots, we've talked about this before, if he gets out there and he shoots 36% from three, you know, he's going to be such a dangerous player because he can take guys off the dribble because, as Gordon Hayward said today, you know, he can, he can play in the pick and roll, um, you know, really, really effectively. So, you know, again, talked about the shot a little bit. He's trying to keep his guide hand off the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, he, he had issues with his left hand thumb, you know, being on the ball. Um, he's, he's done a lot to remedy that and, you know, just kind of trying to make it into more of a one motion shot. Um, you know, trying to get rid of any hitches, any of that kind of thing and, and just make it feel a little bit more natural. So that was kind of the stuff that we got into. We talked a little bit about, um, just kind of like the team at large. Uh, he's, he's a pretty soft-spoken guy. He can be a, he doesn't, you know, I think he has a lot of thoughts on things that he doesn't always share. But, uh, when it came <laughs> to his shot, that was, uh, that was kind of the, the long and the short of it is just getting more reps, getting more natural, getting more of the feel for it back now that his, his right thumb with, which had the torn tendon is, is, uh, fully healed. It's hard when you've got those habits that you've fallen back on and he had a whole college season there where, he was trying to compensate for something. It's hard to, it's hard to get out of that. Like, and when you're at that stage of a career and you, you get into that habit, now he's out there and he's got like, he started out with a paddle on his hand and he's still got to figure things out. And it, it's so hard to judge because we're catching them at the end of practices. And we talked about it when we were watching him, like the, the shot that he was putting up, Early on in the shoot around, the post practice shoot around was, uh, different than the shot, like he, when he was shooting tired. And I, yeah. it's, it's especially tiring when you're working on your jumper because you're thinking and you're just so focused. It's, you, nothing's natural. Uh, there's going to be a point 
where something clicks, like they're going to go through and break it down and have him continue to do these things. At some point, something's going to click and it's just going to work. Uh, they hope. Yeah. Uh, but until then, I, I, I haven't seen anything so far in the limited time in a couple of days that kind of talks me out of he needs a lot of time, a lot of reps, and no real NBA pressure to continue working that. And, you know, and now with the groin injury, now, now is his cardio is not going to be in, in where he wants it to be. Like it, there's, he's, he's off to a slow start. And with all of that talent that he could have, with all of the things that we were talking about, you know, he could be a, a new Jalen type of replacement, you know, whatever, like he needs definitely to really hone in on that shot. He needs to go out there and play a lot and get into some game shape and really work on that thing under game conditions. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, and I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he gets himself, you know, back into that game shape. I mean, it sounds like he, he was playing, you know, quite a lot during the summer, um, you know, before this little groin thing, um, like, you know, before, before this little injury, I, I think, um, you know, from, from what I, from what we can kind of gather from, from watching it and, and from talking to people, it sounds like he, you know, looked really good in that time. You know, he impressed a lot of people. And, and now that, you know, this is sort of a setback. I, you know, he, nobody really talked about, um, you know, when this happened. Uh, you know, it was, it was all kind of like the, the information all came out, you know, via Gordon Hayward, which was a very weird source for us all to get it from. But, um, <laughs> So we don't really know like how long he's been sitting out, how, you know, how much damage it would have done to his cardio. Like if it's been like three days, then it's probably not that bad. If it's, you know, if it's been like a week and a half, then yeah, you know, it's starting to get a little dicey. So we'll see what happens. You know, I hopefully we'll get a chance to see him on Sunday. Um, I don't think that there's any guarantee of that whatsoever. Uh, you know, especially like, you know, like, like there's basically there's, there's no reason for the Celtics to rush him back. I was a little bit hesitant, you know, I, I on, you know, your general game plan of send, of having him like go down to Maine. I, I kind of thought that he would help the Celtics right away. Um, and, you know, kind of contribute to winning in the way that Brad Stevens wants people to do. And, you know, it would be better for him to get those game reps. But that being said, if he's, you know, if, if, if he's injured, then yeah, I mean, then all of a sudden it does make way more sense for him to go to Maine and, you know, get some cardio in, get, get a ton of shots up. Just, you know, hey, go to Maine, get, you know, try, try to go try to go 16 for 30 today. Like just get tons and tons of shots up, yeah. um, you know, in a game that, that probably would make more sense in, in that case. So it does kind of seem like that's the way we're trending. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if that bears out, but especially if, if he is able to play a full preseason, but yeah, it's, uh, it has been a little bit of a slow start and that's, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like that's for this, this Celtics team, they have more than enough depth at that position to, to give him enough time to do all that stuff. And, uh, you know, to sort of get himself right before the season. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have guys that can contribute. Brad just kind of said that Carson hit a bunch of shots in the scrimmages over the past couple of days. Uh, he mentioned Grant that has been very solid. Um, he did kind of lump everybody else in, said they've all done good things, but he did. Yeah. He did single those guys out. He yeah. did single those two guys out. And those are the two guys that we've singled out. And I think those are going to be the two guys that rise above because of Carson has a really great ability to hit shots and do it in a hurry. Grant, everybody seems to agree that Grant's solid. He sees things. He's smart. 
guys, guys on the Celtics are talking about his IQ and being in the right place. That's a super, super important thing. And, so, and if you want to talk about guys who are splashy when it comes to three pointers in uh, practices, Grant is just cashing in these practice three pointers. So if we're overanalyzing Romeo as like, oh, like look at that jumper, it's still got sure. some problems. Yeah, we have, we want to do that. Overanalyzing Grant, uh, like the guy's Clay Thompson right now. <laughs> <laughs> he did hit those ten threes in a row in that shooting yeah. contest, but also he lost that shooting contest. He did, and I, t- I talked to him one on one today too, and he was tight that he lost that contest. <laughs> like he he came over and he was like, I had a twenty point lead. I let him come back. I'm not clutch. I'm not clutch. I was like, do you, do you like need a minute? And he kind of like takes a <laughs> breath. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> I saw that interaction. Um, but you know, he, he, he was actually, it was funny that interaction with him and Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum got in his head a little bit. Tatum, I think he did. Yeah. Tatum was talking some trash, got him laughing. Once he broke him down and got him laughing, then Tatum's out there talking some serious shit. Um, to which, uh, Grant responded that this is one of the funniest teams that he's been around. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see that kind of dynamic. Uh, it's fun. It's all post post practice shooting and shooting contests, but it's nice literally to, means nothing. I cannot right. emphasize enough how little it actually means. But hey, look, he's hitting NBA threes. It's and true, that's, you know. But so was Vincent Poirier. He looked comfortable <laughs> out there. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. Um, so I think he's the I think he's the French uh, French Dirk Nowitzki. If we ask Anna exactly, Kansas. exactly. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. More practices going on throughout the week. Again, uh, Charlotte Hornets in town Sunday evening, uh, six o'clock game, I believe. So we're inching closer to actual basketball and we can start talking about this team in terms of this team and not how it is relative to the past. And I can't wait for that. Until then, we will continue bringing you whatever happens at camp. I uh, believe there's going to be a practice on Thursday, and we'll talk about that. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, so you can hear more about that. Those of you who have subscribed, thank you very much. Go ahead and give us that five-star review, that good rating, that good written review. We are here daily. We are a free daily podcast for you, and we're going to continue to be that. So share the podcast. Tell everybody that we're here. It's the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.